Major support for Out to Lunch Acadiana is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker. Established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base, joneswalker.com. Support also comes from Wyndham Garden Lafayette. From Café Familienville in Lafayette, we're out to lunch with Professor of Finance and Director of the award-winning Birken Road Reports, Peter Raschuti. It's business, Acadiana style. Hi, I'm Peter Raschuti. Welcome to Out to Lunch. Here in Acadiana, there's one thing we all can agree on. No matter what our politics, our age, our ethnicity, or anything else that separates us, the one thing we all have in common is a love of Cajun food. Now, you don't have to be Cajun or even raised in Acadiana to be an expert on the exact way you like your gumbo, boudin, and everything else that's native to our neighborhood. And God forbid you have to leave Acadiana for work or some other reason and live somewhere else. Then what do you do? Up until now, you've had to rely on someone sending you a care package. These days, though, things have changed. Now, if you're living out of town, you don't have to ask your sister-in-law to pick up some swamp pop and ship it to Seattle at an enormous cost. Now you can call Tara Guidry. Tara's recently founded business is called Cajun Crate. It's a monthly care package from Acadiana, curated and delivered to wherever you are or wherever you'd like to send someone a gift of Cajun goodies. Tara, welcome out to lunch. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> now, for a... For a part of the world that is food-centric, Acadiana is missing a couple of essential pieces in the food chain. There is no food incubator like we have in Baton Rouge at LSU to help food-based entrepreneurs, and there's no infrastructure to facilitate the current passion for what's called farm-to-table, getting fresh local farm pr produce into restaurants. Zach McMath is stepping into both of these gaps. Zach is combining his business skills and his passion for food to found McMath Food Group. McMath Food Group includes a network to connect farmers to local markets and a brand new facility with two commercial kitchens, one for food entrepreneurs and the other for caterers and food trucks. Zach is calling this combination contribution to the food economy the Acadiana Food Hub. Zach, welcome out to lunch. Thanks for having me. Now, Tara, Cajun Crate is a relatively new venture. You launched it with investment capital that you raised on Kickstarter. You raised 21000 in about a month. In the past, raising money is always something that has been done in private, a bank manager's office, or if you're lucky, your grandfather's kitchen table. We hear a lot about ventures that get started on Kickstarter, but we don't get a chance very often to sit down with someone who has actually pulled it off and is now running a business as a result of it. What was the Kickstarter experience like? Well, it was a full-time job, I'll say that. <laughs> but it was a lot of fun, and it was a good way for us to test our market because, you know, that way we knew, hey, people need this. And so we put it out there. It was a basically a way for them to pre-order their Cajun crate and then raise our startup funds at the same time. And I would do it over and over again because it was like fantastic for our marketing and really getting the word out there, you know, all over, not just locally, but nationwide, you know, about Cajun Crate. Wow, that, now, you've got this idea rolling, how many months have you been sending out the crates? Uh, so we sent out our first uh, first box in August, and we have sent out our second box uh, September uh, 15th, and so now we send them out on the 15th of every month. So how did you decide what goes in each month's box? Well, uh, we try to go with a, a theme, and so this uh, September theme was was 
uh, tailgating, you know, because football season sure. is starting and everybody's cooking out, you know, either at home or at tailgating. Uh, so we uh, partnered up with a chef, uh, Jay Ducote, from Baton Rouge. Okay. And so, of course, we featured his barbecue sauce in this box. And then we kind of worked around that to see, like, what else would go really good with that so uh, rice and beans is something that you know anyone right. can cook and it feeds the masses so we have some uh, you mentioned everybody <laughs> can cook it but they actually have the directions yes, in there which is great we've also included the directions <laughs> so that way you cook it right and you cook it you know um, like creole style so we um, included some cajun country popcorn rice uh, camellia uh, red kidney beans and then you know at the base of almost any Cajun meal, you need the Holy Trinity, you know, with some garlic and some parsley. So we uh, included this really cool new product out of Opelousas called Zydeco Chop Chop. And it is uh, all those ingredients in one dehydrated. Dehydrated? And that way it will last you on the shelf and it's not going to go bad and it's already chopped for you. So a Cajun in the apocalypse, this would be the bring <laughs> exactly. to bring. That is, that is so amazing. They uh, <laughs> Now, Zach... Starting a food hub and opening an incubator for new food-based businesses is a really worthwhile venture. It can help people with good ideas get started in a food business that requires a commercial kitchen. And providing a link for farmers and restaurants to manage a farm-to-table chain is a great service, too. But both of these very worthy arms of your venture lead me to the same two questions. How are you paying for all this, and how are you intending to actually uh, make money from it? Fair question. Um, <laughs> It's privately funded. Um, some of it's through a, a basically a build-to-suit uh, by the developer, yep. uh, which is that's the kitchen build-out. Um, that's your refrigeration, your cold storage. And where's all that, by the way? Where is this? Yeah. This is at um, this is off of University. It, it's um, an area of Louise of Lafayette called Heroes Point, okay. is where the building is located. Great. Um, it's just off of University and I-10, so it's right off the interstate. Great. It ends up being a great distribution center yeah. for all the farms coming in and allowing us to get things out and, and aggregate in that way. Um, so it's 7,500 square feet. It's 6,500 square feet of warehouse space. That's uh, the aggregation of local produce for distribution. It's also a fulfillment center for companies like Cajun Crate to come in yeah. and host these locally made items and get those items out. You know, Even the things that are made in that incubator kitchen can be listed through Cajun Crate, can be fulfilled through this distribution center. It gives them a, a, a faster way to get to market. Uh, we can kind of represent them in that way. Um, so it's privately funded as, as far as the, um, the infrastructure. Um, how it makes money afterwards is simply by the kitchen space being rented out, um, the warehouse space being rented so out. So that, that, that man or woman that's got this idea for a product comes to you and is going to pay a small fee I want to make barbecue sauce, and we say, okay, it's going to take you eight hours to make a 1,000 bottles of barbecue sauce. Your cost for that eight hours is this, and that's all you pay. If you need warehouse space to store that product, well, then you then that's a different fee, and it's basically that. all a la carte. Because we've got people coming in that have you know their product in 40 stores, and they just need a fulfillment center. And other people come in and say, "Hey, I've got pralines. You think they'll sell?" And I'm uh. sitting there going, "Well, I don't, I've never tasted them, <laughs> right? But let's let's look at it. Let's let's see what we need to get you to a place where you can sell them, or let's figure out if, if there's a market for you." And and that. Sometimes we say, look, let's make it and sell it to the farmer's market. And sometimes we say, hey, you're ready to go onto a store shelf. So it's everything in that, in that gambit. Um, but really, it amounts to a subleasing of those kitchens and warehouse. Right. And then a consulting firm basically attached to that to support those businesses that are starting. It's a great model. Um, did you see it somewhere else being executed? You know, a lot of other states have what they'll call a food hub. Okay. Um, you know, 
it always varies differently. I put Food Hub in quotation marks um, <laughs> because other states may not have the commissary kitchen. They may not do the fulfillment aspect. I basically took what I learned from every other one in the country, and especially ones that had failed, and learned why they failed. Right. Um, you do learn more from failures. Oh, than absolutely. That. <laughs> I mean, I start calling people and say, what didn't work for you? Let me avoid those pitfalls. Um, but basically putting all those things together to create a food economy, not just local food economy, not just a kitchen space. So you've made that product, but then what do you do with it afterwards? How do you sell it? Where do you sell it? Yeah. And, you know, this person's in 40 stores and this person's in a, another, a different 20 stores. Well, let's get all of them in all 60 stores is the, the point. And so it really becomes this shared community of information, not just infrastructure. That's so um, great because the person that comes up with that barbecue sauce, for instance, He's got a, he or she's got a great idea, but probably doesn't have the connections and the business acumen to, well, to forget how to sell it. How do you label it? How yeah. do you properly package it? How do you make sure it's preserved? You know, the, the testing that goes along with that and the, and the FDA certification that goes along right. with that. Um, these are, can sometimes be barriers to the entry of, uh, from a, a small food producer. Um, we're kind of trying to break down those barriers in a cost-effective manner. And uh, uh, it's a good example here at lunch because you've worked together, right? Yes. Right. We, we <laughs> met, when, when I looked at creating an incubator kitchen, I, I said that, that you know, we can't just create this kitchen without a way to be able to sell these products. And so I immediately knew, I was like, we need to create some sort of e-commerce solution for this because I don't even really want a grocery store or a storefront. It's so much overhead, right? How do we, you know, in this day and age, everything can be virtual. So... So I started looking at, at what we would do for e-commerce, and then I stumbled upon Tara weeks before she did her Kickstarter and oh. looked at what she was doing and went, this is exactly what I want to be doing. The, she's working with the right people. She's fostering the right environment. And so, uh, and, and I, like to, I like to not reinvent the wheel, but find the right wheel to reinvent, <laughs> um, or to, to redo. And so I went to Tara and explained to her the whole concept of what we were doing. And Tara said, well, how much do you think we're going to be in competition? And I said, no, no, you don't understand. <laughs> I don't want to do this. This is not what I'm good at. I'm not good at, at creating websites and, and creating social media content and marketing these brands. It's not what my background is. My background is distribution of food. And, you know, you, you come and do this. Have your company do this out of this facility. You can rent warehouse space if you need to. We offer, offer space, office space that you can come in and use. Um, we also have an in-house accountant because most of these people are starting their business for the first time sure, and don't yeah. know how to actually set up their LLC properly or pay taxes legally oh. for the first time. They're coming, <laughs> these people are coming out of farmer's markets and they're, they're in a cottage industry that they grow out of if they want to grow. Right. And so how to do it right and legally and, and with the right tax information um, well, is, Tara, is something they you, need. What did, what did it mean to you to, to finally... When you guys met? Oh well, like when I met Zach, it was great because you know, it, you know, he explained it to me, and I was like, oh man. But then he explained that, hey, I want to work with you. You know, and I was like, okay, even better because now, you know, there's so many great finds when you just go to the local farmers market, and I want those people to eventually be in my box. But I'm shipping this all over the country, so across state lines. I have to make sure they have those certifications for me to buy them wholesale, for me to ship you know, out of state. So enter Zach, well, you are meeting a solution that a lot of the people I want to work with for, the, for all those people. So it's the perfect partnership because now I can help Zach, but Zach's helping me because now all these other vendors are going to be able to be featured in my box because we really want to uh, you know, promote all these local people. It's all about and fostering our region's brand mm -hmm. and, and, not brand, but 
culinary culture. Yeah. You know? You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Peter Raschuti. My guests today are Zach McMath from the McMath Food Group and Tara Guidry from Cajun Crate. Tara, I can picture uh, opening up the box at home. Uh, you might fall in love with two or three of these products, right? Exactly. And so um, when you, you do fall in love with a couple of the products, then you can come back to our website and order them a la carte. So, you know, if you're living in uh, Oregon, you know, you can get your Zydeco Chop Chop sent to you or your JD's Barbecue Sauce sent to you. Um, a lot of expats. It's not just expats, right? It's people, we have a culture of food here, and people want access to that, and they just can't find it anywhere. Right. Um, they've been here to visit, and they go back home, and they're not from Louisiana, but they they obviously yeah. visited. Um, that that was the other market. Not just people that moved, but people that just want our our culture of, or of food. Zach, it, we're we're not assuming that you just kind of fell into this uh, idea. I mean, you come from a family of distributors. So we've been distributing food in South Louisiana since 1952. And that's Eminem. Uh, uh, it was McMath Sales, and then Dad started Eminem Sales, which is McMath McMath in 1972, which was a vending company, so snacks, chips, and drinks, oh. and which is, is now 4,000 vending machines across South Louisiana. And as a child, you probably had every and one I of those. I grew jobs. up literally a kid <laughs> in the candy store, you know, <laughs> you know, loading trucks and and you know counting money and. And really, you know, sitting in on those business meetings, I was going to, to food conventions at 15 years old all across the country, <laughs> you know, as, as family vacations, right. quote unquote. <laughs> you know, we're going on a vacation like that, you're just, you're just doing work all day. Uh, but we'd go and sit and learn, right? And it was something that became a family thing. My brother and sister and I all worked for my mom and dad in that company. It was, it was a great learning opportunity to work for M&M and really learn the efficiencies um, for what, f what, what snack food has done for the food industry as far as getting it to every door. And if we can make local food as efficient as the snack industry and even put local food into vending machines in hospitals, imagine local salads being made, grown it's here. Funny thinking salads. I'm thinking boudin in a vending <laughs> machine. It's so weird. We're going drought. Uh, we do frozen <laughs> boudin in, in, they're not vending machines anymore. They're called micromarkets. And uh. you can, they're, they're automated uh, self-serve uh, grocery stores in major manufacturing plants, or um, and you can go in and get your boudin and microwave it right there, and <laughs> it's Richard's boudin. Trust me, it's from here. Well, believe me, um, with the two of you, you've actually opened up more questions than uh, that I, <laughs> I thought I'd have. But but I'm going to take a time out here to uh, for Tara and Zach because this is the part of the show we call your brother-in-law. And uh, it's, it's, here's the scenario: you're heading home after a day of work, looking forward to watching Netflix when your phone rings. It's your brother-in-law. Normally, he only calls when he wants to come over for dinner, but this time, things are a little different. He wants your advice. Zach, uh, your brother-in-law says he's thinking about going into business for himself. He wants to quit his job, cash in his 401k, and lease a piece of land off a farmer. He's going to grow zucchini, which he's then going to pickle with Cajun spices and sell under the name Hot Zooks. <laughs> he's, even he's even got labels printed. Uh, what's your advice? Should he do it? What I don't want you to do is go buy a hundred thousand dollar facility right. to make to make these pickles okay, when you can just to rent it rent my facility out for a month or two and decide whether you actually have a market for that. And if you do, well then you go to a co-packer, then you grow out of that. But this is that kind of incubation point for not just that product being made, but even the business that's a caterer or a, a restaurant that wants to test his restaurant concept can come and do that. Um, it really just becomes that jumping off point and almost that kind of middle ground between your own restaurant and your farmer's market. Now, Terry, your brother-in-law is calling from Montana. 
where he's stuck till he can get his truck fixed. <laughs> he says being stuck here has actually given him a great idea. He wants to partner with you and send out crates of goodies from Montana. He's gonna, it's going to be all jerky. <laughs> so, <laughs> so what do you say, Tara? Are you up for expanding into Montana with your brother-in-law? Look, he's my brother-in-law. I want to help him, but let's talk about the market there first. <laughs> okay. okay, let's talk about what he wants to put in there, and let's test the market, you know, because I'm not... Um, I'm for big dreamers. I'm for people that want to uh, do startups, but I think there's a market for everything. I think there's uh, tons of competition out there, and I think we should test some things. And then I think if uh, it looks good, we can see where to improve and where to have our edge, and then I'll help them out. You were saying earlier that you have to go to several grocery stores. Yeah, not if, if I want to buy this retail, I cannot buy it all in one space. I mean, just for this box alone to get it retail, I would have to go to three grocery stores locally just to put this box together. So it's about really curating it from all over the state. And I've lived in Louisiana my whole life. And you started up in the northern part of the state. I did. I started Should in Shreveport. Should be a darn Yankee for some <laughs> people at yes. Boja City. <laughs> my <laughs> husband refers to it as Shreveport, Texas. But, uh, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. But, uh, yes, I've lived in Louisiana my whole life, but the thing is, every month, curating this box, I discover new products. <laughs> wow. They, uh, and can I just buy a crate, or do I have to have a year's subscription? How does it work? No, you can buy uh, a single crate as a gift. If you subscribe, you, you obviously save monthly, so you can purchase month to month. You can purchase three, six months, and... You know, of course, if you buy one year, you save the most money. And then we also have gift options. So if you want to send a Cajun crate to someone for three months in a row, it's the gift that keeps on giving. You can send them uh, three Cajun crates, but it will expire after that three that third box is delivered. So that way it won't rebill you. But you really gave them something that, you know, hey, it's your birthday in November, but you're going to get a box in November, December, yeah. and January. Oh, you know, it's funny. When we started this show... Uh, people thought it was a great idea, but they said, oh, you know, at some point you run out of guests, which has been ridiculous. We keep finding more interesting people. I would imagine you might have got the same comments. Oh, <laughs> yes. Um, I, I just love working with everybody in this And box. you keep finding more I things. I keep, I mean, every little thing leads to an introduction of a new person, you know, because uh, Jay Cody put me in contact with the Cajun Country Rice people, you know, and then Cajun Country Rice does a lot of business with Camellia Beans. So, of course, I worked with them. And um, I actually know a guy that is in Nashville, Tennessee, starting up his own Cajun grocery. He's from here. He's starting a Cajun grocery store up in Nashville. And so he's been ordering Zydeco Chop Chop. Well, he's <laughs> like, hey, you should talk to Tara at Cajun Crate. So I get a call from him, and I was like, Oh, this is, <laughs> we need to do it. <laughs> yeah, I have people that come to the incubator all the time that could said that are already on store shelves. And I always send them to Tara. I'm like, you know, Tara can help you kind of promote your brand and grow that. It becomes, like I said, it becomes a kind of consulting firm of all of these different aspects. And yeah. Zach, what about the, this seems so difficult to me, the idea of connecting those farmers to, to table. What do, you, what do you do to that? There are only a certain number of farmers that are certified to be able to go into grocery stores. Oh. There's a certain certification. Um, uh, for that certification, there are 15 farmers in Louisiana that meet that certification, and 10 of them are sweet potato farmers. Whoa. Okay, so there is a real lack I of... I am what I am. So, so what you have is a lot of farmers that are selling at farmer's markets, because that's the only place they can so sell. So you can go there, you can go that level without the certification. Right. But to take it to the and rest... And this is an industry certification. It's not a federally or state-regulated certification. Um, so this is what like major distributors and major grocers are going to require to make sure that food safety is, is there. 
um, because they go through so much time and so much distance that there is no transparency, so they have to force transparency. Where here, I aggregate something that goes directly from a farmer to a grocery or to a restaurant or to an online farmer's market that's delivered oh. virtually with an app. You can pull up your app and order from order farmer's market products from an app and have it delivered to your home from this aggregated facility. So now your farmer's market isn't just, you don't have to be there on Saturday morning. You can go on Wednesday night and say, I want local produce for dinner at my house tonight. I always knew we'd come to this. But right? it's also saving the farmers as well. Right, because oh, yeah. they, they either grow it and they bring it to a farmer's market and it rains and now they, they didn't have all that customers. What do they do with it? It goes to waste. They don't have refrigeration on their farm, so they need a place to, number one, just be able to drop that stuff off. And then I can list it and help them sell it. We also do contract growing, so the issue was there weren't enough farmers, so how do you make more farmers? Well, you have to make sure there's a market. And so we can go to, go to a restaurant and say, what do you need grown? We can go to the, the school system and say, what do you need grown? And then contract that with local farmers, and they can produce that. And then we fill in the gaps of going to their farms and picking it up on refrigerated trucks and aggregating and separating that and then distributing it to the schools or hospitals or, or grocery stores. But we, we cover those gaps that they would otherwise have to cover in any other distribution network. Wow, so this wasn't a market that was just easily tapped. They got all these oh, farmers no. out there. No, no, no. Yeah. It, w once, you, once you ended one race and crossed the finish line, you realize there's a whole other race. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was... Um, well, you two are the kind of people that like races. That's, that's <laughs> why this... <laughs> Look, it's not easy. That's the fun part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there was definitely a shortage of farmers, and we, we aimed to kind of help them with the issues that they were facing. Um, if it's that gap certification, then, then we help them weed through what that certification is and how to complete those audits um, for, one, for one instance and maybe on-site refrigeration on their farm that they can't afford. Well, then we lease a refrigerator, we park it at their farm for the time of year that they actually need it, and then we move it somewhere else. Tar, I'd like to ask you a question back to the Kickstarter uh, discussion. Uh, how many of those Kickstarter people... Uh, you know, turned into continuing customers. I would think that would be a great market right there. It is, it is. So, um, you know, a lot of people bought it for like the one-time novice, but we've actually had about a 50% return rate so far, which we're really excited about that number because the, you know, they liked it so much that they're going to come back for more. And then we've also been signing up new customers via our website now. And so and those just continue to reoccur every month until they cancel. Now, in terms of you making money, do you... Uh, do you get a discount from the producer, and then is that how you? Um, each deal is a little different, but uh, you know, I work with them on a more of a promotional level. Uh, you know, we partner up in different ways. It, like it, it really varies per producer. But you know, pretty much what we're trying to do is we're not trying to hurt the vendor at all. We're trying to say, hey, we want to buy product from you, but we also want to do a little marketing for you at the same time. <laughs> I think that would be a pretty easy sale. <laughs> it <whatever. is. laughs> now, Zach, how are you monetizing all this? You, you talked about kind of renting your commercial kitchen and we such. Rent we rent out the commercial kitchen space. Um, that covers, and actually covers the rent, right? Uh, plus. And so we actually haven't, because there was a shortage of farmers, um, we didn't factor that into our, our revenue generating aspect. So that's only additional revenue stream. Um, Besides that, it becomes uh, consulting fees, um, storage, storage space. Fulfillment. It, it really, it's it's just it's we're subleasing space, that that pays the rent. Now, as far as your distribution of of farmers, right? Um, the issue with with a lot of farmers has been, especially with sourcing locally, local is expensive. So how do you get that price down, right? And then once that price is down, 
how do you keep it down? So the, the farmer can be really efficient, but if the if the school needs it at this price, uh, you know, and, and the farmer can only go to this price, I can't take a whole lot to be that middleman. And right now, distribution companies are at 25, 30% to be a middleman of distribution. We're bringing that down to two to 3%. We're running this on vending averages, right? You know, you should be good at this part because your name is McMath. McMath, right, it's that not McSpell, but I'm pretty good <laughs> at McMath. Um, You've got the business acumen to make this work. But that, that was the, the focus was to keep the price of produce low by paying the farmer premium, getting it into these, these growing markets, and doing that at a very low cost. So our rent of those kitchen spaces covers the overhead of a 6,500 square foot warehouse, and walk-in coolers, and aggregation, and trucks. So where's my cost? Personnel. Uh, brokering to some extent, because I, I, I pay brokers to go out to all the restaurants and find markets for those farmers to be able to sell at. Um, so th there's a brokering aspect that happens. I do some of that, but really it's just outside brokers that do that. The same way the wine industry brokers at restaurants. Um, it's just really taking a lot of things from different industries and putting them towards local food. Um, it's an industry, not just a, 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 a passion or a, a catchphrase to, to sell more food. You know, it needs to be treated that way. There's very little argument that food is at the center of our lives here in Acadiana, but even though we talk about it constantly and have for countless years, there are still new and inventive ways to get into the local food business. Uh, Tara and Zach, it has been great to hear about y'all's new Acadiana Food Ventures. We wish you both continued success and look forward to keeping up with you. Thanks so much for both of you to take the time to join me today on Out to Lunch. Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us. My guests on Out to Lunch today have been Tara Guidry, founder of Cajun Crate, and Zach McMath, founder and principal of the McMath Food Group. You can find out more about Tara's crates and Zach's food hub by following the links on our websites, krvs.org, and it's acadiana.com. Today's show was recorded live over lunch at Cafe Vermilionville in Lafayette. Cafe V is open six days a week for lunch, dinner, and with a courtyard that sets the scene for fine Louisiana cuisine. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Our theme song, Encore Monsieur Nice Guy, is written by Mitch Foreman and performed by Mitch Foreman and Andre Michaud. Our Acadiana business consultants are Pete Prados from Innovate Acadiana, Zach Barker from The Opportunity Machine, and Dr. Blake Escadet. If you want to know what we look like, and you really should not only see the, see the guests, but what's in this great food crate we have, you can find photos from this show on our website and Facebook page. The photos were taken today by Gwen Oquan. You can get this show as a podcast. You can listen to past shows, and you can even keep up with us on all kinds of social media by going to our websites. It's acadiana.com and krvs.org. Support for Out to Launch Acadiana comes from Wyndham Garden Lafayette, located off Pinhook near Calice Saloon. Wyndham Garden Lafayette is pet and family-friendly with free parking and free Wi-Fi. Additional support comes from ABiz Magazine and AcadianaBusiness.com, the essential information source for business decision makers throughout the one Acadiana region. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsacadiana.com and KRVS 88.7 FM. I'm Peter Raschuti. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table here at Cafe Vermilionville for more business, Acadiana style on Out to Lunch. Major support for Out to Lunch Acadiana is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker. Established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S. Providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com 
Support also comes from Wyndham Garden Lafayette.